Welcome back to the Don't Stop Me Now podcast. It's your HIV positive host, Miss Jennifer Yvonne. How are you all? I'm a little past due here on a new podcast, but I've had some really great feedback lately and it made me feel motivated. It's the evening. All my kids are in the house. I um, <laughs> I don't know what I, if I should say this or not, but I just use Monistat and I feel so much better at the moment down there that I just feel like doing a podcast now because I'm not uncomfortable anymore. I'll get into that later. Um, I have a long list of things that I want to go over with all of you. My kids are making noise in the hallway. I'm just hoping I don't get interrupted by one of them. Oh, I just heard, where's mom? I'm in my closet doing a podcast. Can you shut my door? Can you shut my door? Can you shut my door? I have to pee really quick. Oh my god. I literally just started this. Not even a minute in. And oh, you're already sorry. invading my space. Oh, what can I say while he's in the bathroom? In my bathroom. There's two other bathrooms in the house, but they have to use mine. I don't know why. Um, let's see. Somebody had just written. I'm going to read some of the comments from my YouTube channel. Because I uploaded this a little bit late. My last one, my podcast number 61, was called Make-A-Wish. And thank you for all those that have checked that out on Apple and Spotify and maybe Google Podcasts too. I don't listen to that. I don't know who picks up my stuff over there, but um, Apple and Spotify for sure. Ingrid Hebert. I don't know if that's my friend Ingrid from, is that you Ingrid or is this a different Ingrid? She said, love listening to your boy stories, the best. And then she put a heart. Thank you, Ingrid. Um, I've got it. Caitlin Brown says, and oh my goodness, that actually is really sweet about your friend with the cancer. You helped him. It wasn't raunchy. Thank you. He actually wasn't even a friend. He was kind of a complete stranger. Um, but yeah, I listened to that back and I was like, yep, that came across how I wanted it to. It was a special thing. Hold on. Are you done? Owen? Oh my gosh. Um, Caitlin also writes, this is a good episode, Jen. I agree that sometimes the ones that are fated to fail are definitely the most difficult. And I think she's referring to my favorite, who I will say, um, hold on, I'm going to pause because I don't want to go on without uh, having complete solitude. Hold on a sec. I'm like yelling at him and he already left the room. I thought he was in my bathroom still. Um, yeah, so my favorite, um, the last time... I think I talked about him. We had, I had found out that he was sort of seeing somebody else or going to, going to start seeing somebody else that it was looking like they were sort of a match and that's all good. He never confirmed either way. And I haven't really cared because you know what? I went back to work and that has helped immensely. It's taken my mind off of a lot of this um, male drama and like my angst and all of that because I'm just too busy with work. And it, that was what was going on is I had so much free time during the summer that I was focusing on dating apps and it was honestly driving me crazy. So um, I will say that, yeah, it looks like that probably is over and I feel fine about it. It just took a little, you know, it didn't take much time. It's typical with most relationships. Everything fades with time. So um, although I know what those feelings look like towards him, I now feel a bit silly about them, honestly, because we do have such a, I mean, we have a 20 year age difference. I mean, it didn't make a difference when we were physical, but I mean, in general, our lives are totally different. It's kind of silly for me to even think like, I don't know what I was thinking. Like I basically said, like, I 
don't want a boyfriend, but I want to be in love when I'm with him. He's the only one I've really felt that way about. Um, pretty much anybody else I can, you know, basically when things are finished, I put my clothes on and say, I gotta go. Like, I don't want to snuggle with anybody or anything like that. Like that feeling hasn't, um, let's see who this is. Probably my daughter downstairs asking me to drive her home. Oh, it's two messages. What? Uh, nope, it's a lady that I work with. Um, anyways, yeah, that feeling of those lovey-dovey feelings haven't really happened with anybody else. They haven't. Just this one person, but, and, and I don't really know, you know, but it was just chemistry. We had great chemistry, physical chemistry, and I just kind of went um, and took it to another level in my little heart and mind. But you know what's funny? I Because of, by the way, TikTok has not given me a, my account back yet. Um, they say if I don't appeal it by September 2nd, which I already did, um, they will delete everything by September 12th. Um, so it's just me waiting for them at this point, but I've heard from plenty of people again that they just delete accounts and it's like, whatever, they don't care. Um, but I haven't gotten it back. But in the meantime, um, my video that I talk about my symptoms and I'm pretty much my story and stuff. It's a, like a three minute video. I'm in a red sweater. It's funny. So many people tell me how pretty I look in that video, dude, that is like the most filtered, uh, filter that I've used. I mean, I look like a doll. I don't know. How do not people not know? How do they not know that that is not really what I look like? I mean, it's, it's me, but I mean, I, like my face is, there's, you can't even see freckles like at all. And I have freckles. I mean, it, it's so smoothed out and doll-like. I was a little, I remember being a little afraid, a little scared to show it originally because I thought the filter was too much. And it's weird. No one's called me out on the filter. I, I don't even get it, but whatever. And people are like, oh my God, you look so good. It's like, yeah, I've, that's a filter that makes me look like I'm 10. But anyway, um, I have a million views on that um, particular TikTok. So um, whoever was trying to take my account down and get me banned, whatevs. Um, hold on. I have a song for that. Having a ball. Just give me a call. Don't stop me now. Don't stop. I don't want to stop at all. Okay, now that video on YouTube will not get monetized, but I don't give a shit because it'll probably make 50 cents anyways. But yes, just try to stop me. It ain't gonna happen. So yeah, I'm glad my uh, new TikTok is going strong. I've hit 10,000 followers. It's gonna hit 11,000 tonight. And that video has a, a million views and there's another one. And I'm kind of redoing the TikToks, which is, it's sort of fun. Like I'm starting over from scratch and I feel like I have a whole new crowd of people that didn't know who, that I existed. Of course, there's millions of people who don't know that I exist, but it's fun because I feel like they're seeing my story for the first time and I'm able to use old TikToks and like, you know, revisit me and Eric meeting up in the parking lot the guy who gave me HIV and our reunion and like some of those fun um, moments from our YouTube lives and stuff like that. And, you know, people don't know about this. So it's been fun. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's a year old. I can show this 10 years from now and it will still be um, interesting to people who don't know about it. So um, yeah, it's been fun using the old TikToks. I couldn't have really reused them on the old account. People would have been like, yeah, we saw that one already. But with the new account, I can use the old TikToks and people are like, wow, I had no idea. Yeah. So I'm getting all the same old questions, you know, um, 
that I have to deal with all the time anyways about, you know, you know, did he know is your medication free? Um, I don't mean to be rude. I hope this isn't being too impolite and, um, you know, crossing the line, but do you know how you got it? <laughs> we get that all the time. People are really, it's funny. They always ask a question and they say, I hope it's not like too intrusive of me. I'm like, I answer everything. Like, well, people don't know that, but I do. I answer basically everything. Um, so what has also happened because I have this new TikTok account is I'm, purposely liking all the dating TikToks that come across my way. And what it's done is it's thrown me 100% into the dating TikTok algorithm. And that's all I see now. And it's talking about all the things that my girlfriends have been telling me about dating, but I wasn't paying. I was paying attention, but I didn't realize there was a whole culture behind like dating now and like breadcrumbing. Did you guys know that's a term breadcrumbing? Like when someone gives you just a little bit like here and there just to keep you interested so that you won't leave all the way. I mean, I don't think people always intentionally do that. You know, they do it consciously, but they definitely do it just to kind of keep you around. And it sort of feels like that had happened with this person, my favorite. And I, I really don't think that he did that on purpose. I think that's just how he like operates. He's just not think he's not giving anything much thought. It just is how it was between us. But it did create this obsession in my mind because yeah, I became obsessed. And what did I do? Every time he wanted to see me, I made myself available. And you know, I'm like watching these TikToks about it. And I'm like, Oh my God, I, I know I shouldn't have done that. I had people that were telling me don't do it. Don't make yourself available. Don't write back right away. Don't do this. Don't do that. And I was like, I would try my best, but I typically fail because the urge was too strong to see him. And if I don't think like he looks at TikTok and knows that I failed all of these dating don'ts, um, but I'm sure his friends and his life and the girls especially are laughing at the old lady who <laughs> doesn't know this dating culture and that I should have just ignored a little bit and not been, I mean, I never really reached out to him. I always like just waited for him. But when he made himself available, I was pretty much like, yeah. And at this point, I'm not available because I got to get up early and I wouldn't be available anyways. I, I don't have the time just to run over there and do all that. So it's like, it's all, I think it's run its course and I feel perfectly fine about it. I really feel fine about it because I've got other interests and people, oh my gosh, again, who is this? It's my mama. It's her anniversary with her husband today. Oh, cute. She sent me pictures of her and my stepdad. They've been together since I think since I was like 12. So I don't even know how many years that makes it. I didn't even ask, but they are September 1st. I remembered that this morning. I didn't remember when I called her this morning. It wasn't until I wrote the date. And then I was like, oh my God. And I had already talked to her. So I texted her right after and said, happy anniversary. Um, Okay, so I think, yeah, I think that's done. I've been wanting to say Amsterdam man, the one that came up with this. It was a story. Come on. That his friend died at Amsterdam. The guy from San Francisco never heard from him again. Of course I didn't because he made that up. Like, I don't know what happened. Who knows? You know, really, who really knows what causes someone to go silent? It could be a myriad of things and it hopefully doesn't have anything to do with me. But even if it did... It doesn't matter. I don't care anymore. It was just a waste of like a few days. And he really was the one who incited all of it. And oh my gosh, I'm going to have to turn my phone off. This is too much. 
yeah, we're going to turn the phone off. So yeah, that I never heard back from him. And you know, it was funny because people had told me just take, let him take his time processing it and getting through it. I'm like, the, he, no one died in his life. It was his lame excuse to just not be a total creep and completely ghost me, which I'll give him credit for that. That was, that was actually kind of nice. Um, I had talked to you guys about my ex-boyfriend who I forgot to mention that we used to, uh, laughingly say that we were like Mary Kayla Turno and Vili Falau, if you know who that is. I don't think I said that on the last episode. Um, and that was a woman back in, um, I think it was like the nineties. I looked it up. It was, I think it was like maybe late nineties. She was a school teacher. And, uh, I think it was elementary school or junior high, but she fell in love with one of her students. Well, he was 12. So I guess it was junior high, Vili Falau. Um, and she was a mother of like four and she was married and she, f yeah, she like fell in love with her student and they were having sex. And, um, obviously she got in big, big trouble, ended up going to jail, but they eventually, he became an adult and they got married. They had two kids and she, she got pregnant on like her release from prison. She got, she have like a little time off from prison or whatever it was. And then she went and got pregnant and then like went to jail and went back to jail and had the baby in the prison. And anyways, they have two daughters and, um, she's no longer alive. She died of cancer. Um, sadly enough, but my point to that is, is that, um, not that I'm Mary Kay Letourneau, but I was older than this person. I don't think I said his name last time. I'm gonna, last time, I'm not going to say it just in case if I did, maybe I did. I don't know. Um, we'll try to keep things as anonymous as possible. And he wasn't um, tall like Vili Falau. He was shorter than me, but we had the white lady thing going on with the ethnic looking younger man. I, I guess that's the best way to describe it. So we thought that was kind of funny. And he um, dropped off our... I don't know if I said this or not that, yeah, that we have this, uh, I think I did. I'm so sorry. I should maybe listen to my other podcasts before I start another one, but we have a sex tape that he was trying to get to me. And it was interesting. I was at the, he couldn't, it wasn't going through the computer. It was just too big of a file, even though he tried to make it smaller. And I, um, I, I said, well, you owe me a copy. Yeah, I, I did talk about it because I read the whole text message to all you guys. And I said, well, I, you know, I jokingly said, I deserve a copy too. And he goes, of course. And so the weekend went by and I waited. I didn't want to bother him on the weekend because I know he has a girlfriend. And then on Monday morning, I said, hey, it didn't, it didn't come through. And he said, okay, I'll have to put it on a thumbnail. So the next day was Tuesday. And um, I don't remember why I wasn't at work yet. I don't remember. What the heck? Why wasn't I at work? Anyways, I was at the gym and, um, he said, are you still, oh, maybe it was a Wednesday. Maybe that was it. Gosh, darn I, whatever. It doesn't matter. But anyways, I was just leaving the gym and he goes, do you still live in the same place? And I said, yeah, I do. And I live like a mile, literally, literally maybe a mile and a half from my, um, gym. And so I was driving home and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to actually see him. And you know, it's kind of weird after we've had all this text messaging and I get home and I get a text from him and he says, I left it under your mat. I rang, but nobody was there. And I was like, are you kidding? Like, I just must have missed him like by seconds. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, oh, dang. Well, I, I was at the gym. I was driving home when you texted me. I assumed he was coming from Santa Cruz, but he was literally right around the corner from my house. So I get the thumbnail drive and I put it in and I'm just like, mouth, or my hand over my mouth, my mouth is like, oh my God. I like it right away starts out and he's smiling and he's like up close to the camera smiling because he's pushing play basically. 
and thankfully the video is a little bit grainy it's not super clear um my hair was straightened um thankfully i i think all angles were pretty um oh i don't know what's the word um there wasn't a, any terrible angles of me. They th flattering. Um, they were they were okay. They were good enough. Um, but yeah, oh God, <laughs> like geez, I forgot that we did this. It all came back to me when I saw it. Yeah, it, and he's smiling through it. It's pretty funny. I think he's like can't believe he's making this, and he's thinking he's going to show his friends or something later. I who knows how many people have seen this. I have no clue. But um, I shared one little clip of it, not a clip, it was just a screenshot of it, um, where it was, you could not tell what was happening, but you could see his face, you could see he was smiling, and, um, and you could see a little bit of the top of my head, and you could see, like, I was doing something to him, but it was, like, again, everything was just, it was too dark in that one shot for Instagram to pick it up, and, um, but yeah, it, I have it, it's in my purse, and I'm like, I, it's so funny to look back at that, like, it was 10 years ago, about 10 years ago, and, yeah, I, I, yeah, and he, we, it went all the way. I didn't have any kind of like final moment, if you know what I mean, but he did. But I don't, I'd have to, you know, I think he was fairly quiet. I don't think there was any kind of like big grand finale, but I, yeah, he, I definitely had put my hand down there after because, yeah, because there was, he had finished. So, anyways, yeah, I saw that. And, um, my God, it's really just kind of crazy to, um, see that. So I wanted to just say that I got, I got it. I have possession of it and it's now mine forever. Um, I'm checking things off my list. They're on my phone this time. I, and I have, I know people, that's my, I tell you, I do this every time during my, I'm going to hit stop. That's for my Devato. And I'm going to take that right now before I forget. Hold on one sec. I'm drinking a peach, no, beach plum LaCroix. It's from Costco. Delicious. Um, so let's see. Yeah, I have, I have, well, I was trying to decide which dating stories I wanted to tell. I'm getting a little nervous about sharing all of my dating stories because now that I'm back in at work and Owen's back at school, there's more people that follow me on my Jennifer Lee Vaughn account. I don't really advertise my my podcast on there, but like, I don't know, there's like some people, like, I don't know. There's, I don't know, some people that I don't want them hearing my stuff. Cause it's just like, I don't know. Like when I'm talking on the podcast, I feel like I'm talking to all my girlfriends or guy friends, whatever. But I don't want to think about like, you know, someone at this school or someone on my, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I just don't want to even say, because I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable, but I do, I do like, Oh, oh God, like, like just, no, I don't want to say, <laughs> I don't want to say because who knows if they listen, but I would be like mortified if certain people heard some of the stuff I've talked about. Um, I just wish that everybody was like, I like, I could talk forever to complete strangers, but when I find out that someone, someone that might know me in my real life and has heard this, then it's like, oh my God, should I talk about that? And during the summer, I feel really bold. Um, but like during the school year, it's like, oh, I don't know, should I talk about that? Who's listening to this? So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, some people say, be careful because of your job, but it's like freedom of speech, and I'm being pretty, like, I'm pretty careful about what I say. I don't think, like, I say anything too, um, with too much detail. Like, I try to explain it without, you know, beating, I kind of beat around the bush sometimes, maybe, <laughs> maybe not always, but sometimes. Um, 
So yeah, which one do I want to talk about first? Um, oh, well, I've got, I've got three and I wanted to say, I know guys like people or girls and guys like my dating stories, but I have an HIV, um, moment that I had today that I wanted to share. So a friend of mine who's positive, um, is sharing his status for the first time with somebody that he's been talking to and had some dates with, but they haven't been intimate yet, like that intimate. And, but they've been totally like talking for a long time. And I guess this person had followed him on Instagram for like two years and had been very interested in him. Um, and so now they're finally, you know, making something of it. And he's just now sharing his status with them. It's been like, it doesn't matter. Like just now, I didn't even mean to say it that way. That way. I hate to give it any weight because it's just so stupid. But um, yeah, he shared it with him just because he, you know, if they're going to go in that direction, he just wanted him to know. Um, But that person isn't really, he, he just hasn't really given him much of a response. He kind of has gotten more quiet and said, yeah, I've got a lot going on this week. And it's like, um, that's just added kind of to my things that I'm sort of like, um, that I'm having to process at the moment. That's what this person said as a, as a response, which it's not really what you want to hear when you're sharing this, um, diagnosis. And it's, it's not because, I mean, as we know, those are that are HIV positive and those who get it, this diagnosis isn't anything to feel like it's a big deal at all, but we, being HIV positive, we understand the stigma that's still there surrounding this virus. And we understand the shock that could come over somebody that they still not might not understand right away. You know, they're going to go with initial instinct when they hear those three letters. And we know that we all, you know, we're not dumb. Those that are HIV positive, we get it. But we are all of us, you know, we're all trying to change that because it doesn't, you know, the stigma doesn't go with what it is today what the virus is today and with the medication available the two things don't add up anymore so it's like trying to change that isn't easy and and we are so he he said something to me that i thought was really profound he said you know i don't want him to feel that i am less than because i've shared this information it's basically just part of my history and i want him to know that i went through something and that you know I just felt like it was something he should know. And I'm sure there's some concern that if you became intimate with somebody and you told them later that there's a little bit of a fear that somebody would take legal action against you, even though in the state of California, they can't do anything to you. But it's, you know, you don't want to deal with that shit. So, and you don't want to deal with someone freaking out after and going, oh my God, you should have told me this before and all of that, even though it will not affect them in any way. It is contained within us. There's nothing for them to worry about. It's not their problem. So um, anyways, he wanted to make sure that he knew. And because, um, and anyways, his thought was, which I just thought was awesome, was that he said, you know, I want, I'm not less than. He goes, I want him to go, oh my God, you're such a fucking badass for going through this. Jesus Christ, shit, tell me about it. What has it been like? I I can't believe you're dealing with this so well. That's amazing. How about that? How about that? Why don't we get that reaction? That's the reaction we fucking deserve. Because unless you've experienced this diagnosis, you have no idea what it feels like. It is one of the scariest diagnoses to get. And not because of 
you know, how you think it's going to affect your health. It's because you're now them. You used to be us and now you're them. You're on that other side now and we never get to come back. We're now this, you know, we've got this stigma attached to us now because of this diagnosis. That's an immediate gut-wrenching feeling when you get the diagnosis. It's like you can't believe you're going to be, this is going to be you for the rest of your life. You have to say that you have HIV. And, um, and you know how you've always thought about it. And now you have to say that you, you're one of them. Like it's a very hard thing to wrap your brain around. And I agree 100% with this person that people should be more understanding of that and be like, I am so sorry that you had to go through that. That must've been fucking hard. I appreciate you sharing this with me so much. And I think that you're an amazing person for where you are now and that you're able to talk about it. That's what we fucking deserve. I'm sorry, but we really do. And you know how I feel. I feel like I don't even need to tell anybody about it because it doesn't affect them. And, um, but I've been lucky, you know, I have to say, I've been really lucky with people, um, not really saying much about it. It's like, they don't, I mean, I, I know there's a couple more people that I've been intimate with that are like kind of seeing my social media and stuff, but like, they don't like people that I've been with don't like, they, they know about it. And then there's like, they don't really ask anything. It's like, they're not that worried about it. Um, there is one person that, um, did ask me, uh, a second time, like he never brought it up again. We always have used something, but he, um, uh, well, one time didn't. And then he said, you know, he texted me as I was leaving and he said, you know, are you sh- like, everything's fine. Right. I'm not I'm like, Oh yeah, of course. Like you have nothing to worry about. Like, uh, you know, ask me anything. Like, I don't want you to worry. And you can look anything up on the internet if you want. Like, if you want to see my, and I don't want to get too, <sighs> weird about like, Hey, if you want to see my blood results and all that, because I feel like then that's like me, like overdoing it to try to prove to them that it's nothing they have to worry about. I don't want to give it again. I don't want to give it that kind of power because then it looks like I'm really trying to heavily convince them. And I've, I've learned that too, that when you go overboard with the trying to convince someone, it almost looks like you're trying to hide something. And I don't, I, so I've learned to just like the, I say the, what, what is that saying? Like, you say a lot when you say a little, maybe I'm, maybe I'm making that up by my, I'm, I'm going to coin that. <laughs> you know what I mean though? Um, the less you say, the more impact it might have. So yeah, if you keep going around in circles about, you know, and if you look nervous and seem nervous about explaining it, you know, people pick up on all that. That's all psychological shit. If you don't give it any importance, And you're just like, yeah, oh, I should tell you this, but yeah, you have nothing to worry about. Like, I mean, I really feel so differently about it now than I used to. And I feel like it does make a difference. Um, So, okay. So that, that is something that just came up today. And he just said, I think, I feel like, you know, this person should be like, God damn. Well, this person that told him about his status has been through a lot of stuff like child abuse. And he's got a long list of things that he's had to deal with through his life. And so, he, you know, he sort of, he's, he's doing amazing now. And he feels like, yeah, like someone should just be like, Jesus Christ, that happened to you too. And this person that I know, cause obviously he's gotten to know this person should be like, fuck, I had you, dude, you like, you, you're doing great. Like I would have had no, I would have no idea because, you know, you look like you're doing great. So, you know, give that person some credit. Instead, he's been a little quiet to him and it's like, I'm, I'm not happy about it. So I'm, I'm kind of staying on top of it and I want him to like, he's, we talk a lot and I just want to make sure that he's okay. And I know he'll be okay, but I'm bothered that this person hasn't given him a little bit more back 
and been a little kinder about it because it's, you know, even though we know it's a nothing, it's still a big deal to share because of the stigma. And, you know, there's not much we can do about that. Okay, so let's um, talk about, let's see, do I talk about the mountain man first? Or once, once, once years ago on Tinder, and I think I had HIV at the time, honestly. Um, I think it was during that time. Um, I met a guy on Tinder who had a big bushy beard, but he was really cute. He was younger than me. What's new? I don't remember. I was probably 38. He was probably 28. It was probably around that time. Um, maybe it was after the Vili Falau guy. I think it was. It was. A, oh, yeah, yeah. It was around the time. Yeah, I had HIV then for sure. Um, it was around the time that uh, the guy, the the boy with leukemia. It was all around that time. That was all after I was di- not diagnosed, but after I contracted HIV, but did not know it. Anyways, um, I don't know. That wasn't even important, but uh, this guy had, we had matched on Tinder and we kept talking and I just was like, nah, like I'm dude, I can't deal with the beard. Like I'm just not into the big bushy beards. I mean, and it was a pretty, it was dark too. He had really nice hair. Like I remember his hair was short. It was I was like, mm, I don't know how to describe it. It was like black. And I feel like he might've even had gel in it. It was real nice and real short on the sides, but he had this goddamn beard that I hated. I was just like, ugh, you got to get rid of that beard. And he was so proud of his damn beard. And so it finally came down to, he goes, you really won't have sex with me because of the beard. And I said, I can't, I'm like, I'm just, I'm not into it. I'm not into it. I did not know that he would do this, but he said, what if I shave it? I was like, are you serious? You'll shave it? He said, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, damn. Because, you know, it takes a long ass time to grow these beards. This is not just one that was just below his chin. Like this thing was hanging down like, it was long. Don't like those. Anyways, uh, and I'm thinking, oh, shit. Well, if he does it, (laughs) I mean, I feel like obligated. And so... He says to me, and I remember him being like, he sort of had like a jerk personality. He was a bit of a dick, but he was cute. And, you know, it looked like he had a great body and, you know, dark hair and all that and younger and everything. But the beard was just, I just couldn't take it. Anyways, he said that he was shaving it. And I don't recall that he sent me a picture ahead of time. I feel like I was surprised when he opened the door. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I, that's right. We walked in the kitchen and we started making out like immediately. I was like, I could not believe I got this guy to shave his big bushy beard to have sex with me. And we did. (laughs) And then he kept trying to hit me up after. And I was just, I don't know, for whatever reason, I was like, nah, not going to do it. And then he was trying to find friends of mine. He was just like, uh, it was all around new year's time. This was right around the same time as, um, as the boy with leukemia. God, it really was. Cause I remember it was right around new year's. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That was kind of a funny, a funny little, um, thing that I did. I got a guy to shave his big bushy beard for one romp in the hay with me. Okay. Um, check that off my list. Um, so this last story, this next story is about somebody that was on fear factor. Nope. God, hello, Jennifer. Um, X Factor. That's yeah, a similar name. So X Factor was came out after American Idol. You know, they're looking for singers. And it was the time when Paula Abdul was on and Randy Jackson. Not Randy Jackson. Nope. Uh, 
it was another black guy, I don't remember his name, some producer, I can't remember, glasses, like, yeah, I can't remember his name, bald guy, and Simon, Simon Cowell, and this kid came on from Santa Cruz, California, I'll give you the name, because I kind of have to, uh, his name is Chris Renee, what's new, another Chris, what is new? That is the uh, most common name in my list of names of boys that I've been with. Um, so anyways, he's got this song that he wrote called Young Homie. Here, I'll play a second of it. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, he wrote this. This is his audition. Okay, so I'm immediately like, oh my God, this kid's from Santa Cruz. I love his story. He's like this kid that gave up drugs. He's from the streets. He's a singer. He writes his own music. He's pretty musical. He's cute. And I watch all the way through the season. He comes in third place. And um, it was a bummer. I was really hoping the kid would, would win it. But he ends up, of course, he lives like 20 minutes from me. So he's going to be in concert at the Santa Cruz Civic Center. And so what do I do? I of course, I'm getting tickets to see Chris Renee, of freaking course. So, and my daughters at the time, like Joey was like, I could still see Joey's teeth. It was pre-braces. She had kind of like buck teeth and she had like a fedora on and she was probably 11. I don't even know. I should look and see when this, when this came out. Well, 10 years ago. So yeah, <laughs> she was 11 because she's 21 now bring her. I bring Ryan. Ryan was probably eight. Um, and we go see him at the civic center and this is pre veneers cause he has veneers now, but, um, he, the place was a mob scene because he had been on TV and everyone was just like, Oh, I, I know his, this, you know, people, different people knew different members of his family. And it was like, you know, it was a small town feeling that everyone knew a little bit about Chris Renee. And, you know, I knew that I had subbed, um, like his, I think it was like his half sister at, at a school, like she'd been to that school. It was like, oh my God, like his half sister went to Aptos Junior High. Oh my God, I've subbed there. Like, it's just funny how people got. But anyways, the show was great. Loved it. And I was just like, that was, it was just like what I saw on TV. I'm like, the guy was great. He was, you know, and this was after the finale of, um, and he had been in like the full finale of the show and everything. Oh, and that song, Young Homie, was going to be produced. Um, It was going to be put out and it was, they've, they filmed this happened a little bit later, but they did film or maybe I, you know what? I don't remember if we, if the video came out before 
Nope. The video came out after because he had he didn't have the new teeth yet when I saw him in concert in Santa Cruz. And then, you know, they came out and they filmed him all around Santa Cruz and like on the wharf with the beach boardwalk in the background. It's like, oh, my God, like, look at this It's like the whole world is seen like our area like that was so exciting. And the song did really, really well. Let me play um, a little bit of the polished finished version hold on Okay, so you, oh my god, there he is right there, downtown Santa Cruz. So you get the, uh, the, the gist of it, like, he's got a cute voice, he is really cute, and he's about 28 when this came out, and I am like, oh my god, this guy is so freaking cute. So, after his show, I don't, you know, I'm so confused about this because I feel like this happened right after his show. He put something on Facebook because we weren't doing Instagram back then. Nobody was. Um, and he put something. It was like Vine was the thing back then and, um, and Facebook. So he put something out on his Facebook and he said, someone bring me a coffee. And so I slipped into his DMs and I sent him a picture of me in my underwear. And I said, I will. <laughs> and he said, damn girl, where are you? Get over here. And I couldn't, I mean, like I had, my kids were home and stuff. And so I was like, could not believe that he wrote back to me. I was dying. And I had a girlfriend, uh, well, I still have a girlfriend, Rachel, but we just don't talk as often, but we were like, she, I, I was like, oh my freaking God, he wrote back. And so, and she's, you know, she grew up in Santa Cruz. So like, like this is, she knows people that he knows and all that. And, but still, it was still exciting. And so, um, I don't, Oh yeah. So we had conversations. His, this album had just blown up the, um, yeah, it wasn't right after the concert cause he had his new teeth and, um, I'm sorry, I keep going back to that, but it's just like, I'm kind of confused when I reached out to him and when he responded, but we, I remember he was in New York. He had been on the Times Square, like the big, you know, screen. His new album was up there and he'd taken a picture of it and put it on Facebook. And he wrote to me from his hotel room in New York and said, something about wish you were here now or something. I was like, what? Are you serious? Like, you're thinking about me in New York right now? Like, I was dying. Still haven't met him. And so, you know, he's going through all of his press shit because this album did do really well. And he finally comes back to Santa Cruz. And I do not remember how it happened at all. But somehow, I got him to come to my freaking house. Chris Renee was going to come to my house and it was late. It was really, really late. And I, um, I was beside myself. It's so funny. I, the shorts I just had on, um, those were the shorts that I wore that night. I can totally remember I had these specific, like they're like rolled up a little bit and they sort of look yellowy white and I wear them with a belt. And, um, I, I think I had a white tank top on with them, but I remember it was summertime 
and um, I gave him the directions to my house. I don't think back then we were using MapQuest on our phones. This was just straight up directions, and it's a little confusing to find my um, house in my neighborhood because there's so many little twists and turns around here. But, and I kept looking through this one window that is at the bottom of my staircase to see the headlights coming down the street because I there's like a turn at the end of my street, and then you can see cars coming down. And I, oh my god, just waiting to see headlights coming down because it was really late. It was, well, maybe it was like midnight or something, but I just knew like any car that came down was probably going to be him. I couldn't, I still, like, I could not comprehend that like Chris Renee was going to come to my house. Like this was going down. I was going to sleep with Chris Renee. What in the living hell? Um, And I didn't really know what was happening in his personal life. I know he had one son that he gave up for adoption because like he and the baby mama were not in a good place. They were, they'd been doing drugs. This was like, I think his son was probably six or something. And this baby mama apparently was still sort of around. I didn't really know. I, like, there, like again, there was no Instagram. It wasn't really clear, like, what was happening in his personal life. I didn't really give a shit. All I cared about it was that he was on his way to my house, and I couldn't believe it. Like, this is a guy that I'd seen on TV. I had watched his success. I'd watched his new video that was, like, I don't know if it was on MTV. It must have been. I think it was on Vimeo. That was for sure it was on there. Um, and it was just, and I'd seen him in concert, and now he's on his way to Jennifer Vaughn's house. (laughs) What the fuck? Um, This was definitely as exciting, if not more exciting than The Weatherman. Like this was to me, I was truly going to be in contact with a famous singer to me. I mean, no one even probably knows who he is anymore. But at that time, he was the shit. And um, he makes it to my house. And he's like 6'2". He Oh, I, I, I was by the way, I had to have like three shots of vodka before he I was like, I couldn't control like my I was so nervous. And I was like, I could I kept trying to like take deep breaths. It was like, Oh, my God, like, I've got to be like, I've got to be cool when he gets here, but I'm freaking the fuck out. And so, um, yeah, he knocks on the door. I'm like, again, I can't, I still can't believe Chris and Renee has been to my house. Um, and so he comes in and I know like it. Oh, my God, Owen. Can you go in the other? I'm right in the middle of a story. It's clogged. (sighs) Hold on. I haven't pooped. My God, I can't believe. Just shut the door and put the fan on in the bathroom. We've got two doors shut. Okay, so good. He can't hear me now. Like seriously, the timing with my son. I swear to God. Uh, I'm sure someday he'll listen to all this, but like at him at 15 right now, I don't want him to hear any of it. Um, and he doesn't have any interest. And sometimes it'll be on my phone, my podcast from sometimes like I'll have podcasts. I always have podcasts running through the night under my pillow on my, on my phone. And sometimes it'll end up on one of mine and then we'll get in the car in the morning and it syncs up to the Bluetooth and I'll, it'll be my voice like blasting in the car talking about a date. And I'm like scrambling to like hit the volume and like turn my phone off and like, ah, and this morning it happened and it was like, he heard me say, and then I just grabbed his jacket. That's what literally Owen heard me say that I was talking about a date. I was like, oh my God. And then I tried to change the subject really quick and go, you know, how did you get your math, your math homework done? Uh, anyways. Okay. So. I know that uh, he and I went upstairs right away. There was no wasting. There was wasting no time. We were not wasting any time is what I'm trying to say. So we get upstairs and what do I want to do first? What do I want to do first? Of course, I want to kiss him. I want to kiss that fine ass face with the new veneers. Like I want to 
put my mouth on his mouth, the mouth that I've been looking at, watching him sing out of for I don't know how long, but months. And um, I can't wait to see what this guy is going to kiss like. Guess what? No, no kissing no kissing. And now I realize probably what was going on is he's got the baby mama in his life and he realizes if he kisses, then it becomes more intimate. And he's probably, I don't know, who knows, he's probably cheating on her all around town. And he, that's his way of feeling like he's not cheating on her by not kissing. I think it's a little, you know, Julia Robertson, um, uh, whatever that movie was. Oh, now I got to look it up. Uh, pretty woman, of course, if you've seen that movie, she won't kiss um, Richard Gere because she says then it becomes intimate. And so as long as they don't kiss, then it's just sex. So I'm sure that's probably what his logic was. Who knows? But anyways, let's just say that it we, I don't know, like, I don't even remember how it how it happened after that. I just know clothes came off. I know he was on the middle of my bed. I know that I was straddling him. Oh, and there was a condom. Um, there was a condom. And um, I was um, on him and I'm looking down and I, yeah, there was a lot of footage of him on the, um, on X factor with his shirt off. Cause he has a lot of tattoos and he has one around the bottom of his stomach. I'm going to have to look it up and see what it says. Hold on. Well, he's got some knuckle tattoos that spell out love life. And that became a big thing for him to say love life, but he's got a stomach tattoo that says, Oh, it says love life. Also it goes across from hip to hip over the top of his belly button. I cannot tell you what it was like to look down and see that tattoo between my legs. I, it was, it was like, I was on another world. Like, I can't even believe like this is my life right now. What the fuck is going on? So yeah, it was fairly quick. Um, and then we just kind of said goodbye and I couldn't believe that it had happened. It was, it was really quick. And he got in his car, he'd parked in my driveway and he backed his car up and in the middle of my driveway, like I have a long driveway, it could fit definitely two cars. It's just the way our driveways were built for some of the houses. There's like four models in this neighborhood that I live in and some of the models have these like long driveways and in the middle of the driveway is a strip of grass. You know, the tires go on the cement, but down the center is grass. And so there's some, um, sprinkler heads that pop up when, you know, when it's, uh, when they put the automatic sprinklers on, I don't know how he did it, but he, he ran over the sprinkler head and all of it, he broke it. There was a geyser coming out of my driveway, like literally shooting up as high as my house. I kid you not. I have a two-story house and I'm upstairs like, Oh my God. And he goes, I, I'm like, I don't even know what to say or do. Like he doesn't either. And he goes, shit. And I'm like, uh, it's fine. Don't worry. I'm like, I like, what am I? Oh my God. Like, what is he going to do? Get out and fix it. Like, I just want him to kind of go at this point. Cause I'm still a nervous wreck. Um, but yeah, he broke the spring. It finally went off. Oh. And as he walked out to his car, his next single had come out. I have to look that up too, because he was singing it as he was walking to his car and I was literally dying. Hold on. This is the song. That girl was trouble, trouble. Uh oh, uh oh.
I am not kidding. He was singing that as he was walking out of my house to his car. And I was like, what is happening? Because this was his next hit. And that song actually did really well also. But it was like, it was unreal. Because the song is about a girl who's trouble, like taking off her clothes. I mean, come on. Oh my God. Like I was like, yeah, it was like I was in another world. It was crazy. I felt like I was living in an MTV uh, music video. So he leaves. And, you know, looking back, I believe this is when I had HIV. I, you know, I have to, you know, I have to look at the dates on all these things 10 years ago. No, it wasn't. That was, oh yeah, it was before it was before. Um, but what had happened was, is Eric, um, I had started, well, then I dated the Vili Falau for like two and a half years. And then I, we broke up and then I dated Eric Cutter, who I got HIV from. And then on my birthday night, August 24th, I think I was turning 43. I think it was 2013. Eric Cutter and I, and like we literally broke up a week later. We were at um, downtown Santa Cruz at this place called the Blue Lagoon, really popular club. It's still down there. And Chris Renee was there. And Eric Cutter knew about me being with Chris Renee and it made him so jealous. He would bring it up at times and he would like be like, Jen, that's like the only person I'm like super jealous of that you've been with, even though it was really like a nothing. But he knew like how much it like (laughs) meant to me, even though it really was like a nothing. Um, And so anyways, uh, I can't believe it. Like Chris Renee's there. And so and we were, everyone was standing out in front, kind of like it was a beautiful, warm, like Santa Cruz night, which is, no, I shouldn't say Santa Cruz night because it's usually cold in Santa Cruz, but it was a beautiful, warm summer night, which is unusual in Santa Cruz because we're really close to the ocean. But, um, it, you know, everyone that was outside was smoking. I was, I was smoking. What was I doing? I don't know. I was smoking, but that was something Eric Cutter got me into briefly. And I see Chris Renee and I am in uh, like kind of like short, um, dressy shorts. And I had, I still have the picture. Oh my God. I have this amazing shirt. I looked hot that night. Let's just say my hair was banging. My clothes looked good. I was tan. I was in high heels. I knew I looked like really good that night. I mean, I was like 10 years younger. So, um, anyways, I see him and there's probably, I don't know, 15 people milling around out front smoking. And I, I look at Eric and I said, and he says, there's your boy. And I said, I know. I'm like, oh my God, I know. And so Chris sees me and I see him and I walk up to him and I said, hey, and then I give him a hug. And then when I hugged him, I said in his ear, do you remember me? And, you know, it was like, hey, you remember me? And he goes, I do. And I said, okay. And then uh, we parted ways and I said, it's good to see you. Bye or whatever. So Eric and I literally break up a week later. And, um, what happens within days, I reconnected with Chris Renee and he came to my house again. And I don't really remember how it all went down. Um, his music career wasn't really happening anymore, but, um, somehow I got him to come back over. It was the same thing. No kissing. It was quick. And then he didn't, he got dropped off here. He didn't even have a car and he was waiting for his ride to come back. So there was all this kind of like weird, awkward hanging downstairs. I like heated up a Mickey waffle that my kids hadn't eaten. And I remember putting syrup on it. I fed it to him while he was on the phone. Like I literally cut, I'm like laughing that I said, Oh my God, you're like one of my kids. Like I felt more comfortable this time, but still couldn't believe again that he was here. I mean, he's in his leather jacket. 
I, he, who knows? He probably even had a fedora on. I don't know, but cute as hell regardless. And, um, uh, oh, and uh, yeah, uh, he was well hung like on that part too. Uh, yeah. Like I remember he was, he had a, a really big one. I'll never forget about that either. Um, <laughs> and, but yeah, I never got the satisfaction of truly being totally intimate with him. It was like, cause the kissing never happened. So anyways, yeah, that was pretty exciting. And the one thing that's been funny about, um, my diagnosis and I definitely had HIV then, like I had probably just contracted it. Uh, but he and I had used condoms. So I like never, ever even worried about contacting him or anything. Those two times we, well, the first time I definitely didn't have it, but the second time I did. Um, and, but I never worried, but I'd always wondered if he found out about me through social media and was like, shit, like she, she might've had HIV when I was with her or something. But I think the guy was probably pretty good about using condoms. Cause I think he was whore. I shouldn't say whoring himself around. That's terrible. Cause what do I have to say about myself? But he probably was having a good time around Santa Cruz and, um, and using condoms. So he didn't have anything and couldn't get anything from anyone. So I never worried about like, I didn't contact him. He wasn't one that I contacted, but I've always kind of wondered if he, who knows, maybe he has it. He used to be, he was pretty heavily into drugs and I don't know how far that went, but if he was doing IV drugs, like maybe he has it already. Who knows? Maybe he was worried that I gave it to him. No that's the other way around. Maybe he was worried that he thought that he had given it to me, but it would have been impossible because of the condoms anyways. But like I've, I've mulled that over in my head many times and I was like, yeah, there's nothing to talk about. So, um, but yeah, look him up. He is, I, I don't know what he looks like now. Unfortunately, his career hasn't gone anywhere and he's in Santa Cruz. I don't know what he does for, I mean, what can you do? You've, you've made it on X factor. There's videos that are never going to go away that are on the internet of you. You had some hits and then what do you do? Go work at like Jeffrey's, you know, like that's a restaurant here. I mean, I don't like, what do you do after that? Like you can't go back and, you know, work locally in Santa Cruz. Everyone will know that you failed. I mean, I just, I've worried and wondered what's happened to him. Um, and it's his Instagram. I, I kind of followed it, but then I didn't want him to see me because I was afraid that he'd see my HIV account and be like, bitch, did you expose me? You know, people even with condoms think that they've been exposed and they don't get it. But anyways, nothing's ever come up about it. So I'm not going to worry about it. Um, so yeah. And then really quick, I will say, I'm going to wrap up here. Um, I have been talking about the mountain man, Santa Cruz mountain man, actually Aptos Mountain Man, I did all of my mushrooms with, he hit me up, um, earlier this week and he was so sweet and just said, Hey, I've been thinking about you. And it was really ironic because I had talked about him. I went on a Tinder date on Saturday that just didn't really go anywhere. Uh, the guy really liked me, but I didn't like him. I don't want to get into all of it, but yeah, I don't know. It just wasn't there for me, but I did bring up uh, we did talk about mushrooms and stuff. And I told him about this Tinder date that I'd been on where I, you know, went up and ended up doing shrooms with somebody that I didn't even know he was a stranger and how incredible the whole experience was. So I told mountain man that I had just talked about him two days ago. And that like I said, cosmic, because I literally just talked about you and I, you've been on my mind too. And he goes rad. And he goes, well, like come up. And I said, you know, and up is like, it takes 30 minutes to get to his place. And 15 of it is through windy mountain roads. And I'm like, Oh, you know, I can't, I've got work 
early in the morning and, you know, the weekends work better for me. And I was so like good with just telling him I'd have to wait till the weekend. And he said, well, would, could I be bold enough to ask you to just come up tonight for a little bit? And then like, um, longer on a Friday or Saturday. And I was like, let me see. And so I didn't get back to him right away. I was thinking about it. And then he told me that he was going to lose reception soon, but he hoped that I would, he was like at the bottom of this area called Trout Gulch. And he said, I'm going to lose reception soon, but I hope you, I hope you decide to come up. And I didn't respond because I knew he didn't have reception. And then like an hour later, he writes, come. And he just put a smiley face with the sum or another colon in the parentheses. And I, um, I just wrote back, I am. And I put a flame because I was literally five minutes from his place at that point, but he didn't know it. And so I got up there and it was really good to see him again. We haven't seen each other since June. We have, so we've had three get togethers and every single one of them has been, uh, to do mushrooms. So what's really interesting is that he lives on this, you know, in this log log cabin. I don't know. It's a cabin off the grid and it's really well kept this little place that he lives in. And, um, there's weed growing all around him. Cause the guy that owns the property, he's basically the, he's basically watching the property for the guy. So he lives there for free and he trims some of his plants. The guy grows the plants and sells it to the dispensaries, but apparently like this dispensaries do all the trimming now. So anyways, he says that this is just a huge waste of time and energy because the guy isn't making that much money off it and they can, the dispensaries get so much weed from everybody now that it's just reduced the price. And this, it's just a big waste of this guy's time. He says to be doing this, but there is weed growing all around and like, you know, the sun houses and isn't that what you call them? Like, it's like the tented sun no god why can't i think of the name of that sun house no it'll come to me later but you know what i mean and they're beautiful they're big and bushy and they smell good and um and there's a lot of garbage around where he lives too but in his little area where he's you know stationed it's pretty clean and um he's got a dog named maurice who's so cute it's a basically a bloodhound i think it's a bloodhound that adopted him no not a bloodhound it's he's some kind of hound and um he's totally adopted him so it's sweet um and yeah, we hung out and I found out that, uh, number one, he doesn't smoke pot. I thought he was a total pothead. He said, no, I don't, I don't smoke. And I said, but you did on New Year's, you, you kissed me and like blew it in my mouth. And he goes, and he just shrugged his shoulders because maybe I was trying to impress you. I said, really? I like, wow. I had no clue that he was like doing things to impress me. And then I look around and realize that not only is this place super clean, but he has a handkerchief on kind of like draped over this little light on his desk. And all of a sudden he got concerned about it. He didn't want to catch it on fire. So he was looking for a chip clip. Like he did that with the the handkerchief on purpose to make it the whole little cabin have this ambiance. And it totally does. The lighting is perfect. He's got like a rope light that is around like the upper part where the bed is and stuff. And, um, and he has just the right kind of music and it is a very magical place up there because there's, you feel like you're super close to the sky. The stars are so freaking bright. In fact, I need to go out outside of my front door tonight and look at the stars and see if it's anything compared to up there. You know, when you're out in nature, out in the forest, whatever, the stars are just totally different. You feel like you're so much closer to the sky. And that's what it's like up there. You do feel like you could just reach up and grab a star and the crickets. Oh my God. All of the 
insects are just so loud. It's unreal. It's an amazing, it's a really neat sound because I don't hear it, you know, I'm, and while I'm in my house at night, I don't hear that kind of stuff. So it is magical up there. And I told him when I left how magical it is. And he said, well, it's even more magical when you're here. And I, you know, I, I don't know. We, we talked a lot. He's been through a lot of depression recently. He is in general, a really, really nice, kind person. He's been through a lot in his life. Um, but he's sweet and I, I don't think he's dated anybody. And, uh, since his breakup, you know, when I met him, he had just gone through a breakup with somebody that he'd been with for five months. I don't think he's been with anybody and he's met up with me. This was our fourth time. And, um, you know, I don't know what we have in common. Totally. Uh, he, at least he's closer in age to me. He just turned 40. Um, but we have fun together and he's, he's a really nice person. So we are going to hang out this weekend, I think. I mean, that's the plan unless something changes and we're planning on hiking around where he lives, um, and watching a movie in his little cabin and, and yeah. Oh, and did I say that he's like the best kisser? Oh my goodness. I was explaining to my close friends that he, he, it's like a, you know, when you have somebody who knows how to dance, a man who can lead well, that's what he does. He leads well in his kissing. I like, I don't even want to tell him how amazing his kissing is. Cause I, you don't want to like have that. You don't want them to have that in their head. Cause then they might try harder or whatever. Like, I don't want him to know that I'm thinking that I did say something in my text message about best kisser, but I kind of kept it just real simple, but yeah. Oh my goodness. I was explaining to my close friends that there's typically a rhythm with kissing where like there's tongues dance around and then there's like, you kind of close your mouth and then you kind of open your mouth again and tongues and stuff. But he does something where he keeps our mouths don't close and there's not that awkward, like, Oh, are we shutting our mouths now? And like, you get the shaky bottom chin for a second and then you're both like, Oh, okay. I guess we're closing our mouths for a second. You know what I'm talking about? Well, that doesn't happen. It's like, the mouths stay open for some reason. I don't feel this urge to have to shut it. And I mean, it's not like we're just slobbering all over each other. It's like our tongues are dancing and it's incredibly erotic. And it's, it's really amazing. Like, I'm like, who told you how to do that? Like, God damn. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to more of that because that never gets old. That is just that in itself whew, it just, um, knocks a girl off her feet. Yeah. So, and he's got a beautiful, I know this is weird to focus on this, but he has such a beautiful nose. Oh, I love his nose, his profile. He is a very handsome man. He's got like blonde hair. That's shoulder length. He looks similar in some ways to the, my favorite. Cause he's got the blonde kind of surfer hair. Um, it's a little wavy and he pulls it into a man bun sometimes. Um, and he always has facial hair. He doesn't ever go clean shaven. So he's got, he got like a, I'd say his beard's like blondy, light brown. And, um, yeah, he's really, really nice teeth. Like, I mean, for his terrible childhood upbringing, somehow he ended up with teeth that looks like he has had had braces, but I don't think he did. His teeth are beautiful and a really, really kind, sweet eyes and, um, a nice mouth and yeah, he's, he's a little bit shorter than me. Um, and I know he's probably not in the shape that he wants to be in. He's not like 
super fit. His from the waist down, he's like his perfect. But like I'd say, his torso areas probably could he could work on it a little bit. He says he's eating a lot of burritos lately, but it's easy to look past that when there's a lot of other good things, you know, to look at. And, um, oh, he's got really, really beautiful hands. I don't know what it is, but his hands are beautiful. And he always has like a rubber band around his wrist because of his hair, like, or like some kind of like tied string around his wrist, which I think that's really sexy. So yeah, I'll, um, I'll let you guys know. He does not do any social media. I just found out this last uh, time I saw him, his, his last name. I've for, I've known him since December 31st, 2021, and I've met him three other times, and I've never known his last name. And I asked him this time. I said, you know, I don't know your last name. And then he said it, and it was like, well, it's actually his stepdad's last name who adopted him, so it's not like his true, like, heritage, but it, like, made him so much more special to me all of a sudden it was like oh I said oh you have a last name like you're not just Chris you know it's like you have a last name it's so sweet so um yeah we're gonna hang out the only thing also is that I don't feel like he has asked me enough about me I do we do talk a lot about his past and what's kind of going on in his life and what's causing him to have some you know he's dealing with some depression at the moment um oh my gosh my battery's running low I didn't know my computer wasn't plugged in. Hold on. I don't want to lose all this. Ah! Plug it in, plug it in. Oh my God. Gosh, you know when you're like struggling to get the thing, you're afraid it's going to like, I it won't erase everything, but it just scares me. Anyways, I don't know what I was saying. Yeah, he's had some depression. So I, you know, I don't really know if uh, his sister's getting him a, uh, some really good, counselor psychiatrist or whatever I don't know from Encinitas and he's gonna like talk to him through zoom um so that's all good but in the meantime I'm not looking for anything serious but I to go and he said you're welcome here anytime and I was like it's such an awesome getaway for me and to know that he's really not a he's not a drug guy at all he doesn't even drink like I said, you don't drink, do you? And he goes, nope. And he always has like LaCroix. That's like all he ever drinks. So on New Year's, we had champagne, but that's not his norm at all. He just doesn't drink. And he, he, my dog's scratching the door. He doesn't do it. Well, we do. We've done mushrooms together, but he hasn't done them since the last time I was up there. So he, it kind of made me look at him differently too. Cause I always sort of thought he was like this drug guy that like lived up in the mountains and he's not at all. Hold on. Okay, Finn, you can come in. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap it up there. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope I don't go back and listen to this and go, my God, why did I say all that? <laughs> I hope I don't want to delete this after. But you guys seem to be enjoying my my stories. And um, I will see you guys soon. Thanks for listening. And if you're listening on my YouTube channel, please try to check me out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. All right, guys. Bye-bye. Love you guys. Bye. If you'd like to be notified for any of my upcoming podcasts, be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to help this girl out, then please rate, review, and share my show. Thanks, guys.